Hello and welcome to Pastor Well. I'm Herschel York, Dean of the School of Theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm also pastor of the Buck Run Baptist Church in Frankfurt. Pastor Well is dedicated to helping servants of the Lord Jesus Christ be faithful in ministry, particularly those who serve as pastors, ministers, and the local church. And today I'm answering the question, how can a pastor find spiritual refreshment? You know, burnout, dryness in ministry, it really is a, uh, a occupational hazard. And we want to know how can we continue to pour into others without emptying ourselves? How can we stay fresh in our walk with Christ even as we're facing so many challenges and difficulties in ministry and constantly having to serve and give. Well, uh, nothing is more refreshing in your life than balance. Now, I know that word balance is loaded because it's what we all strive for and we don't really know how to do it. But but I, I've learned this, that whatever God calls me to do, it is not inherently in conflict with anything else he's given me to do. You need to admit that to yourself. If he's called you to be a pastor and he's called you to be a husband and a father, those things are not inherently in conflict. It doesn't mean there won't be tension, sometimes trying to find time to do those things, but they're not inherently in conflict. If he's called you to be a pastor and a husband and a father, those things are going to work in tandem for you to accomplish the will of God. So you want to strive for balance. The Lord Jesus showed perfect balance in his life. He was never in a hurry. He was always on time, never late. Now, that wasn't what it looked like to other people. Other people accused him of being late. Or Peter accused him of, Lord, there are other people. There's still sick people in this town. Jesus said, nope. We're going on to the next town where nobody's heard before. That seemed strange to Peter. John 11, Mary and Martha both, Lord, if you'd been here, our brother would not have died. They made judgments about him that were not true, but Jesus was not phased by those. He knew that he was living on a divine timetable. And this is what pastors have to do. We have to understand not everybody's going to get it. People are going to accuse you of not doing the thing that you ought to do, of doing things you ought not to do. Uh, I will tell you in over four decades of ministry, the biggest complaints about me have not been things I did, but things I didn't do. And people will think you should do more than you're doing or think you should do things that you have not done. You're gonna have to learn to live with that. Uh, it's a sad truth, but a necessary one that to be in the ministry means you have to learn how to live with people's disappointment. They're going to be disappointed in you. They're not going to get it. If it was true in the life of Jesus, it's going to be true in your life as well. There are going to be people who say, if you'd been here, oh, we, we wanted you here, but you were gone. You were doing something else. They're never going to understand. You just have to do the best you can in humility and grace to maintain the balance God's given you. One way you do that is your, your own maintenance of spiritual disciplines. And this is where I certainly want to commend the book written by my colleague, Don Whitney, on spiritual disciplines. 
You need to read it, read it and practice it. Stay in the disciplines of life. Reading the Bible, uh, journaling, praying, uh, sharing the gospel. The more that you are actively just making this your life, it's not like you're having to strive for balance. It comes more naturally to you when this becomes the way you, you live. You know, physical health and exercise are important. Uh, getting enough sleep. Uh, you know, my dad used to say, come apart and rest or you'll just come apart. And it's true, Jesus told the disciples, come apart and rest. You see, Jesus uh, getting time alone with the Father. Uh, he, he had to have that personal time with the Lord as well as personal time with his disciples, mentoring them, and then time with the crowds, then time also with individuals. And if you will maintain a, a schedule where you take care of your health, you get enough rest. I would urge those of you who are married, go to bed with your wives. I don't mean that in any uh, euphemistic way. I mean, literally, don't stay up late by yourself. Uh, especially these days, there's so much temptation on the internet and television. Uh, I think it's a good discipline for you to go to bed with your wife. You can get up as early as you want. My wife never complains that I get up early in the morning. But, you know, at, we like to go to bed together. That's sort of our time. We talk, commune. Uh, we can read. We can watch TV. We can do whatever we want uh, before we go to sleep. But it's our way of ending the day together, focused on each other. I get up in the morning, my time alone with the Lord in the morning is mine. I get up way before she does, but that helps me maintain that balance. Uh, and I think if you are staying up late at night, not getting enough rest, I, th I just think tiredness, first of all, makes us not as sharp in what we do. And secondly, I, I think it often leads to sin of other kinds. So maintain a good schedule and get a basic amount of exercise, eat well, that, that's your physical health contributes to your spiritual health. And then also I would tell you financial stewardship is important. Uh, you know that you take care of what God has entrusted to you. A lot of times stress comes into our life because we don't, we're not good stewards. We don't take care of the finances God has provided for us. So you want to learn to guard your money, be generous and giving to the Lord's work and the Lord's causes. But if you're reckless with your money, it adds stress in other areas. Again, the more unnecessary stress we allow into our lives, the more it's a breeding ground for sin. I've just seen it so many times that people act out. And when people are hurt and wounded, they tend to find, they look for comfort in things that really can't provide comfort, but Satan uses them as tools. So you make sure that you maintain the disciplines of physical health, exercise, financial stewardship, and learn to set boundaries, personal boundaries, boundaries with your time, with your morals, the things you look at on the internet. You make sure that you put your computer where others can see what you're looking at. Don't protect uh, your uh, 
your passwords and all from your wife or others. You, you need to learn to live a transparent life and uh, that you're living in such a way where your boundaries are clear to others. Uh, that helps you maintain that spiritual refreshment. And then I would tell you you need recreation and hobbies, things that you do alone, things that you do with others, things that you do with your wife if you're married, uh, recreation and hobbies. I think it's good for you to always have something to look forward to, even if it's way out there. You know, when Tanya and I were first married, we were broke. We were broke for the first 20 years we were married. And we figured out ways to do things that were cheap or free, uh, but we put them on the calendar, and that really built into us uh, a rhythm in our marriage of we can handle the difficult times and seasons because we're looking forward to, oh, we're going to get away and do that. And we still do that. It's a, it's a joy to have this person that I can get away with, and that helps me in my walk with the Lord. But I would tell you that the greatest tool, I think, to have spiritual refreshment is to just love the word of God and love God's people. You know, the more I love Jesus, the more I love his word and the more I love his people. And the more time I spend in his word and with his people, the more I love him. You, you can either get in a vicious cycle where the negative things in your life feed each other and worsen the situation, or you can get in a cycle of blessing where these joys in your life feed and sustain one another. Loving Christ means loving his word, spending time in his word, you're hearing from him, in love with him, and then you wanna share with his people. And it changes the way you live at home, the kind of a father and husband you are, the kind of a Christian you are, the way you treat people out in the workforce, People don't bring your order the way it ought to be. The way you treat them is going to be shaped by whether or not you're spiritually refreshed. You know, it, it really undercuts and undermines everything we do if we can get up there and preach a great sermon, but we're spiritually empty. Years ago, um, I spoke uh, for Dr. Steve Lawson when he pastored in Mobile, Alabama at a deacon uh, banquet. And Dr. Lawson and his deacons gave me a gift. They gave me a beautiful uh, S.T. DuPont fountain pen. Man, I love that fountain pen. I still have it. It was the first fountain pen I ever owned. It, it was black Chinese lacquer with a gold nib. And I was taught, man, that gold nib, it adapts to your the angle of your writing, don't let anybody else use that. I mean, it, it is a sanctified pen. It is set apart for my use. And I was proud of that pen. And I would use that pen on Sundays. I remember one Sunday I was preaching in Highview Baptist Church in Louisville when Kevin Ezio was the pastor. And just a few moments before I got up to preach, I had one of those thoughts, last minute thoughts. Oh, I need to write this down. Something I was going to say in the sermon. And I reached in my my pocket, and I pulled out that black lacquer SD DuPont. Uh, it's called a black Orfeo uh, pen, fountain pen with a gold nib. And I began to write on my notes my thought, but nothing happened. I shook it. I tried again. Nothing happened. 
there was a little boy sitting on the pew behind me, and I turned around, and I said, do you have a pen? He reached in his pocket. He pulled out a little plastic Bic pen, teeth marks all in it. Man, he just chewed on this thing, and he handed it to me, and I wrote down my thought with his chewed-up plastic Bic pen, and I gave it back to him, and something occurred to me that that plastic chewed-up Bic pen was better than my S.D. DuPont black Orfeo uh, fountain pen with a gold nib if it's empty inside. There was no ink in it. It did me no good. Look, it doesn't matter how educated you are. It does not matter how eloquent you are. If you're empty inside, you're doing no good for the kingdom. You need to stay full of the Spirit immersed in the Word of God, in love with Jesus, walking in the disciplines of life. And when you do that, to pastor well is a joy. <laughs>